Hey, 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 my name is Christy Yoder, your podcast host. I am the founder and CEO of Smart VAs. Can I tell you a secret? I am obsessed with teamwork and delegation. I consider myself a lazy entrepreneur, not because I don't like working, but because I always find ways to do things in the most effective way. I was born and raised in Manila, Philippines, moved to the States, and grew my virtual assistant agency from one person to more than 40-plus team members as of this recording. I was able to grow my business 10 times more after I hired my first virtual assistant in a span of 3 months. That's why my goal in this podcast is to help you grow your business by giving you fresh perspectives on delegation, up-to-date proven business strategies, and by interviewing successful entrepreneurs to teach you how to scale your business while living a freedom-filled lifestyle. So, are you ready to become a master delegator? Let's dive right in. Hey, welcome back to the Master Delegator Podcast. In today's episode, Madeline Beck, founder and CEO of Fountful, joins us today in this episode. She's a mother, a licensed clinical therapist, and a business owner of two. Madeline spent more than a decade working in the corporate world before starting her own business. She has 14 years of experience in brand marketing and advertising for a large corporation. The idea that every concept, strategy, and solution needs to go through the corporate system before becoming official did not make much sense to Madeline. That's why she chose to go out on her own and start her own business where she could freely display her thoughts and do things that's best for her own company. Madeline's biggest challenge at the early stage of her business was finding connections, the right people, experts, and developing a team that could help her business grow. So, in this episode, Madeline and I talk about the founder syndrome. To be honest, it was the first time I've heard about this syndrome, so I was listening attentively to Madeline to know more about it. We also talk about how she grew her business by reaching out to potential customers using digital marketing and SEO. Had to deal with as you were starting your business. Sure, I mean, still, still struggling, still going through them, right? It's never ending. It's, <laughs> it's never gonna go. <laughs> uh, it's never gonna go. It's never gonna go away. So yeah, I mean, a, a lot of things, especially being a bootstrap founder. So what that means is uh, all the capital uh, was personal capital. I didn't even do a friends and family kind of fundraiser ask until we were months into de- development. And I don't come from a technological background. Like I said, I come from marketing and branding. So for me to build an app an application for me to build a piece of technology uh, was very, very foreign. Like it felt, I I had this idea. I know what I wanted it to look like. I know how I wanted it to work, but I had no idea how to get it there. So one of the struggles was just making sure that I found the right connections. I found the right people. I developed the right team. And mentorship is really, really huge for me as well. Making sure that I have people that are experts that, you know, have the things that I lack that could be on my side and like whisper into my ear every now and again and, and help me get through those sticky parts. Those were a lot of the struggles, definitely not not feeling as if I had the capital, the the mentorship or the team and having to build that from scratch. Right. And I'm glad that you found the right people, the right connection. 
help you move forward, especially when you're building an app. Like if you if you don't have a technical background, like creating mobile apps or creating website app, it's hard. It's hard to implement your ideas because yeah. no one you 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 won't you won't be able to do it. So I figured you found someone to do it for you. You did not do it yourself. I did find two companies. <laughs> I found an agency and fired them. I found two developers. And fired them, and I ended up building it myself. Yeah. How did you build it your own? <laughs> so a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of Reddit articles, uh, a lot of support, and then I ended up basically utilizing because just for the MVP, which means your most viable product, right? That's what the the product that you bring to market it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. It's not the coolest thing but it proves that there's a market for what you're doing. So that's an MVP. I built that on basically a lot of one-dimensional module sites. So there's a lot of programs and platforms out there now that allow people to build their own app and put things right. together. So that's what I did. A lot of YouTube videos, a lot of reading, a lot of Reddit rooms. <laughs> well, kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I went to your website before our interview and it, it's pretty impressive. Awesome. I love the you design. you can download us now. You can download the app in, in the Apple Store and Google Play Store. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll go ahead and check that out. So what are the strategies you put in place in order to grow your business? Sure. So a lot of the strategies, you know, in today's kind of world and, and market, a really important strategy obviously is just reach. Even before you have a product, you have to make sure that you're reaching the right people. So I started with social media platforms. I started making sure that we had a really strong digital marketing strategy. So SEO, getting getting SEO together, uh, having our Google ads in place, making sure that all of our keyword functions were all the same across the board, and then just help. So I went to my undergraduate university, New York University, to their career center. And I was like, are there interns? Are there people that can help out? Like, who can we kind of utilize that are that are looking to work with a, a Black female-founded tech company? Wonderfully, there was a lot of people that wanted to... To, to come on board. So a strategy was definitely making sure that we had a blanket of outreach before we put anything into the market. I assume that you're the one who thought of those marketing strategies because you have a marketing background, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I cheated a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. I've cheated a lot of times too. <laughs> so let's let's talk about um, founders um, syndrome. What exactly is that? I mean, I have not, I mean, I'm so ignorant about it. I have not heard of that. The only thing I've heard of is imposter syndrome. So maybe a little bit the same. It's actually probably completely, similar. completely different. It's completely, oh, completely different. Like, See, I don't have any idea. <laughs> so imposter syndrome is basically, you know, doing something and doubting yourself, thinking that you're not good enough to do, to do what you're doing. So I do not subscribe to imposter syndrome. You know, in my opinion, if you're doing something, how can you be an imposter doing it because you're you're doing it. So yeah, but that's that's a one end of the spectrum. Founder syndrome is actually the complete opposite. It's where everything that you create and everything that you whether it's whether it's just an ideation or whether it's already manifested, it's yours. It's very have you seen Lord of the Rings before? The yes. movie Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know the character Gollum, the whole like my precious. It's yeah. it's it's Gollum syndrome. You don't want to have anyone else touch or do anything that you've built because you have such a fear that if you don't do it or touch it, it's not going to be, you know, 
done the right way or or, or done the best way. So I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a little, a little Gollum syndrome for sure. My precious type thing. Yeah, right. So so it's kind of like this is my business. I don't want anybody to touch it because this is my baby. And and if you have if you have that kind of syndrome, does that makes a person or a business the business owner not want to delegate? It yes, it makes and it's and it's a thing, it's it's not that they don't want to delegate, it's a fear. It's such a fear. It's if I don't do this myself and I give it to someone else, they could break it. They could mess up the relationship. They could delete all the data, whatever it is. That person could do something terrible. But if I do it, then I do it my way. Then, you, you know, have, and that's you have why more it's peace of mind. That's completely, yeah, it's completely, in, it's completely in your head, right? It's, right? it's when you do things by yourself so long, you have a difficulty in allocating or delegating and you just yeah. end up doing everything you're saying for now. Exactly. Well, I, I love it. I want to talk more about it. Is this something that you experience yourself? For sure. Yeah. yeah Can yeah. you tell me I about it? Now I'm getting yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had, uh, when I first started my wellness company back in 2018, and I started looking into, it's a real estate model. It's essentially uh, based off of the WeWork model of flexible spaces, but those flexible spaces are specifically for independent contractors or independent businesses within one large space that are all within health and wellness. And so I was looking for real estate and I was looking for real estate in Los Angeles, which is where we're located and trying to do all these different things myself. Now, anyone would look at my business model and be like, oh, you're going to work with the real estate professional because they're an expert at what they do. And I was like, no, like I only know the, you know, the types of businesses or buildings that I'm looking for. So I'm going to do that or I'll do it by myself or, oh, okay, well, then you want to have someone help you go through all the, pro- oh, no, 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 I don't need anyone to help me go through the properties. I can go through the properties myself. So I was doing all of this stuff myself, not accepting any help and just made a lot of mistakes. And it took me substantially longer to get to a certain place than it would have if I would have just allocated some of the responsibilities. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Yeah, that that is so interesting. I want to learn about how you can overcome that specific syndrome and tell me about how you were able to overcome that personally. Sure. I basically had a heart to heart with a friend of mine and they were just like, you're really stressed out. <laughs> you're, you're really tired. You're really stressed out. You are, are you taking care of yourself? Are you, you know, and I was like, oh, and you know, you do the whole, I'm okay. And that whole thing, but I wasn't, it was affecting my relationships. It was affecting my sleep. It was affecting my health. And they basically identified some things that I was doing in a, in a day where they were like, well, what if you took this thing and you ask someone to help you with it. So I was like, okay. So I did. And I found a real estate professional and that opened up literally hours in my day. I wasn't talking to landlords or, or, or property owners anymore. I wasn't going to like tour properties myself personally. I had a professional 
who would look at something and be like, oh, we're not even going to go look at that property because that property doesn't fit what you need. And they just working with an expert, they're able to do what they're good at and they could do it so much faster because it completely eliminates the learning curve. So when I experienced that, I was like, hmm, okay, what else can I, <laughs> what else can I take off my plate? So then I found someone who is an expert in data uh, analysis. And so I kind of put that piece over there. So I started doing all these different things and eventually I was able to just focus on what I do, which is development, which is, you know, cultivating capital connections and things like that. And and I was able to just focus on that. And I saw a huge turn. That's a nice story. How about like when there's someone listening, just in case there's someone listening to this podcast Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that someone is suffering from founder syndrome, what would you tell that person? I would tell them, and I know this is like a, I I normally cuss a lot. So I'm trying to like screen everything that I say and make it as PG (laughs) as possible. I would say it is freaking hard, right? So like what you're experiencing is completely valid. Your fear of letting someone else do something that you care so much about, that fear is completely valid. However, you're never going to be able to do what you need to do unless you get the help that you need to get you there. And asking for help doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you any less of a founder. It doesn't make you any less of an expert in what you do. The beautiful thing actually about expertise is that you need to have a lot of different understandings in order to be an expert. Being an expert is something that's holistic. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. So so yes, that's what I would tell that person is what you're feeling is totally valid. You're not alone. Everyone experiences this. And the faster that you can reach out for help, the faster you'll reach your goal. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So you mentioned earlier that you fired the agency that you hired. (laughs) You fired two developers Mm -hmm. and you ended up doing your website app. So Mm -hmm. what were the reasons for firing those people? Are you sick and tired of being overwhelmed and afraid you'll never scale your business? Meet smart VAs. Unlike many virtual assistant agencies that only assign one dedicated virtual assistant, we provide flexibility for growing businesses by assigning a team of experienced virtual assistants that can do different tasks to support your continuous growth. Visit smartvas.online to book a free discovery call and start growing your business. Sure. I am very... Or, or at least I attempt to be um, very articulate in my act because I feel like the more articulation and succinctness you can provide someone, especially when you are transferring information, the clearer the expectation, right? So you and I, you're like, hey, Madeline, I want to meet you on this date at this time. Awesome. I showed up this date at this time. There's no confusion. There's no assumption. And so I try to, especially when it comes to technology and, and building this platform, I was very, very clear with what I needed. I wrote everything down, the amount of time and effort that went into building the infrastructure and the flows and all the different things that go on the back end of, of creating a user experience for an application we did prior to reaching out to them. So all they had to do was execute. And when we presented the information, they took an extremely long time to respond. And then once they, when they responded, they responded with a bunch of things that we didn't ask for. And the thing about it is you're paying these people as you go. And as I said in the very beginning, I'm bootstrapped. So I'm paying out of my pocket and they're not presenting the results that I... They're presenting results, just not the results I asked for. So right. it's, the, it's their result. <laughs> exactly. So we, we, you know, we didn't have the, the monetary cushion 
to allow them to continue iterating on their own ideas. We, we needed them to give us results based on what we were looking for and that didn't happen. So, so that agency, that first relationship, we let them go because of that. With the two developers, the two developers just, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot, so to speak. So they would fix one problem and then another problem would arise. And the coding that they did for the first problem didn't translate to the coding of, of the... So they just kept you know, creating all these different holes and kept bringing new people on the team and updating the new people. And the timeline was just too long. And so we ended up saying, you know, if you don't have the ability to contract us and work with us, and you seem to be torn in a lot of different directions, which is slowing down our timeline, unfortunately, we're going to have to... Yeah. Ways. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That is a valid, those are valid reasons, you know, for you to like just fire them. And the reason why I ask is because I own a virtual assistant agency and Mm -hmm. it's just so good to hear from other business owners, what they are experiencing from other agency and from other people so that Mm -hmm. we we won't do the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and so you watch videos on YouTube and then you ended up doing the website your own. Well, what have you learned in that experience? I would definitely say documentation is huge when, when building out a vision. A lot of times you can put something into writing and then you'll watch something that you interpret to be the answer or the solution for this thing that you've created. But if you don't document it properly, the implementation is not going to connect, right? So uh, one of the examples I can give you is having a customer review option on our app was very, very important. The, The website and the app operate somewhat the same, but there's obviously differences. Just like when you go onto Expedia.com versus downloading the app, there's going to be some different functionality and features that you get with the application that you don't get with a desktop-based website. And so it was really, really important that those features translated to make the process seamless as possible. But there's little bitty nuances that you don't think of, like, like mobile layout, looking at something on a desktop screen versus looking at something on your phone the dimensions have to be changed. Well, if I wouldn't have documented the difference of we want to accommodate these types of phones that have these types of screens and this type of resolution, I I mean, I've heard people put their apps up and they're like, I can't find the button. And then you find out, oh, you can't find the button because that wasn't the screen resolution. It's a different size. So you can't see it. It's there. You just can't Mm. see it. So there's, you know, little bitty things like that. Like documentation probably was one of the biggest things that I I learned that I had to get a lot better at. Yeah, I always say to myself and even to to my team members that if it's not documented it does not exist it's not there (laughs) it's not there it should be documented so you have two businesses right now what why do you think delegation is important when it comes to growing a business sure well i mean just that having two businesses that i'm you know two businesses in the startup phase the pre-seed startup phase and being a a wife and being a mother i mean those are all different buckets that i have to pour one person into <laughs> right so i'm filling all these different buckets that i have all these different requirements and expectations of me and so delegating is super important Delegating is super important in my personal life and my professional life, just to make sure that I am reaching an echelon that I've set for myself and my personal expectation of what I can do. And then also delegation of, of being able to say, no, I can't do that personally, but I can find someone to do it so it gets done. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. And how do you currently practice that in your business right now? Like, What are the tasks that you're delegating 
to other people, you know, the tasks that you are not doing right now, you know, yourself and you let other people do those tasks. Sure. So we just had, I normally had a a founder syndrome, like vice grip on our social media because it's fun. It's a great distraction. You know what I mean? It's just cool to like swipe and look at pretty photos all day. And, um, but it's also a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work to, to stay to stay up on the trends, make sure the hashtags are accurate, make sure you're following the right companies, you're engaging, you're engaging with your customers. It's it's very much uh, you know an entire department's role of being able to do all these facets. So when I realized that I wanted to have better results and more engagement and a stronger following, I I was forced to. I was like, if I keep doing it, it's okay, but we're always going to stay here. In order for our sales to have conversion, we need to go here. And so we found a really great team member that was able to come on and take on our social media and do that. And now I just get to look at it for fun. Now it's not a responsibility of mine. So I can be like, oh, that's a really cool post. And then I can get back to my day. Yeah, that that's, that's cool. Isn't it very comforting to know that you have other people doing the tasks for you and you don't have to worry about it? It's huge. It's yeah. huge. It's it's more than comforting. It allows me to sleep at night. It's such right. a huge relief. Yeah. Yeah. You have peace of mind. You're not stressed out. You're not like, oh, tomorrow is Monday. I don't have a post for my social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think delegation is really, it's a critical part of your business. Because if you don't delegate, I don't know, maybe you have to duplicate yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or you grow yourself twice so you can do a lot of work. <laughs> or maybe do some trick and make a 48-hour day instead of 24 hours. Yeah. Or you just never reach your goals. Exactly. I, yeah. I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what can you say to entrepreneurs who are not achieving their business goals? Um, I would definitely say the first thing to do is to clearly look at how, like basically how you thought you were going to get there and whether or not your milestones are something that are, you know, achievable, right? So when, when I started, I've shifted my milestones from when I started building the app to when the app actually came out. I had a scope of six to seven months to have our MVP MVP complete. It ended up taking almost a year simply because of the agency, the developer, the developer. Every single time we had to start again, there was never any amount of code that we could retain to transfer to a different team. And so that would be the same in any business industry, whether it's technology or anything, where you just set out your strategy. You make sure that your strategy is something that's achievable. Make sure that your milestones are something that are realistic, right? Don't say, hey, in 45 days, I'm going to have 10,000 followers on Instagram, right? If you're Unless, card- unless they're fake accounts. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you can buy them and you can have a bunch of bots. Uh-huh. Um, if your cousin, cousin is Kim Kardashian, that's also possible. Take a picture with her. I'm sure your account would get there, right? But in the real world, that's just not that's just not something that's realistic. So you would take that milestone and you would say, what part of the market can I really truly capture in this amount of time? And then what I do is I go, 20% less than that. Yeah. Because I always want to make sure, hey, I want it to be achievable, but I want to give myself some some contingency, some wiggle room to be able to get there. Yeah. And you also don't want to give yourself false hope. You have to be realistic that if something 
should be done in six months, don't set a goal for only three months because exactly. you're just going to get disappointed and you will be the reason why you're disappointed because you set yeah. a very unrealistic goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That That's that's really, uh, that's a very great insight there. So can you share with us your top three favorite tools that you use in your business and why? Sure. Oh my goodness. Um, I was actually just having a conversation about this. So the, <laughs> the top three tools currently that I'm really hyped about First and foremost, a company called Monday. It's a WOS. It's a work operating system. And uh, I've built everything in Monday. So our, our, our annual plan, our business strategy, we've got marketing channels. We've got our CRM system. All of our forms funnel in through Monday. We've got automations and integrations uh, that go through our entire HR process when we're bringing on our contractors. So um, Monday is, I love it. Uh, so that's number one. It's, it's the only Monday that you like. Or yeah, maybe I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's my favorite, it's my favorite Monday. It's your favorite sure. Monday. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, the, the second tool, uh, that I really, really love, uh, again, branding marketing background. So it's kind of a cheat, but I love Adobe illustrator. I know that there are a lot of other very user-friendly, uh, illustrators and, and art, uh, art companies that are out there for like instant art and social media and kind of like Canva. Stuff. Canva is a huge one, which is awesome. Woman led, woo woo, love it. Support right. female founders, and she's right? she's half Filipino, so yes, <laughs> support. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, so Canva's a great one. Adobe Illustrator is a great one. Um, and then the third one, um, a, a black founded company, Calendly is huge. Calendly is everything for me. It's like, you know, my own little pocket assistant for like scheduling my calendars, for scheduling my advisory council meetings. Um, so it's awesome. Those are the three top ones I would say. Yeah, I use Calendly as well. I don't use Monday because I have a different CRM, but our clients uses Monday. Awesome. And I also like Adobe Illustrator. Cool. So is there any, do you have any favorite business book that helped you grow your business or become who you are right now as an entrepreneur? Yes. yes. So I would definitely say start with why is is probably my my number one. I've read it multiple times. Every time that I read it, I find something new. And I would say the reason why I love it so much, not because it's necessarily like a branding or an advertising book, but becomes it goes to the core of why are you doing what you're doing? It seems like a simple question, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It really is a question that causes you to take a personal journey because your personal journey is directly, directly in line and affected by your professional journey. Right. Um, and it's also a really great way to identify who your ideal audience is. If you can I- identify why you're doing what you're doing and why your company does what it does, then you can easily find the customer that connects with that. Exactly. And if your answer to those questions is to make money, stop it. Try another answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Money is just a byproduct of what mm-hmm. you want, of your mm-hmm. of your mission and vision. So that shouldn't be your answer. All right. Well, it's been, it, this has been a fun. It's really a great interview. So awesome. Do, do you have any resources that you'd like to share with our audience or do you have like any promotions? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we have a promotion right now that's going on for Mother's Day. I don't know when it's going to come out, but we've got, we've got one coming out for all of our moms out there. It is a, a wonderful uh, 15% off uh, any of our services. Uh, We do have virtual services. So even if you're not located in Southern California, you can do any of our virtual services as well. Those are really rad. We've got like yoga virtual services. We've got a tarot reader, a Reiki healer. Um, We've got a really cool virtual like bartending type type Mm -hmm. thing. Um, But if you are in Southern California, you can get them in person. That's that's awesome too. Um, But that's the code for that is love my mama. 
So it's L-U-V-M-Y-M-A-M-A. And you can get that from the Fountainful app in the App Store or Google Play. Um, and then uh, a resource would be Fountainful U, which is like our uh, nonprofit arm of Fountainful. So basically, Fountainful U is a completely free community. We have e-lectures. We have uh, additional digital resources. We have coaching, matching, and mentorship. And then we also have grants and scholarships. And so you go to uh, fountainful.org and you can sign up there and, and join our community platform there and talk to people that are specifically in lifestyle services that are looking to build their own businesses and how to do that. That sounds like a great organization. I'm going to go ahead and check that out. So awesome. visit foundful.com and foundful.org to, to get all those freebies and good stuff. And do you have an Instagram account for your business? We do at foundful, F-O-U-N-T-F-U-L. That's so hard to remember. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah, go ahead and go to Instagram and then type in Foundful and you'll be able to find Madeline. Thank you so much for your time, Madeline. Thanks, Christy. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Hi, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoy this episode and you want to show your appreciation and support, please consider buying a coffee for me at buymeacoffee.com slash Thank you for your support and see you on the next episode.